You're listening to RE Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Today on RE Snapshots, we're going to find out about how the state-of-the-art crop and weed agronomy laboratory, which opened back in June at UWA, will be used. And we're also going to get an update on the RE agronomy trial program from Research Officer Roberto Lujan-Rocha. How are you going, Roberto? I'm very good. Thank you very much, Jess. I think this is the first time we've had you on the podcast as well, so... Yeah, we'll find out a little bit more about you uh, at the beginning too, so people can get an idea of who you are. And we are going to be talking about this laboratory, which has been open for a few months now. So, it's a $1.16 million laboratory, and that was bolstered by a $1 million grant from the Grains Research and Development Corporation, the GRDC. And the facility, it's 100 square metres, and it's going to enable UWA to expand its weed research capability and agronomic research facilities. So, yeah. It is your first time on the podcast, so can you firstly give us a little bit of background on who you are? Yeah, sure. So, my name is Roberto. I originally come from Bolivia, South America. So, I have been working here at ARI for one year now, and previously I was working in consulting and restoration ecology, doing quite a lot of weed management. So, I've done that for about nine years. But I always loved to do research, so I felt very lucky when I got the job here last year. And since then, I've been working hard, you know, with Michael Ashworth to solve some of our issues. Yeah, excellent. And we love having you here as well. And you're responsible for the management of the laboratory, and so you're across how it will be used. Can you give us a bit of an idea of the capabilities of the lab? Yeah, sure. So, I think, you know, that we are a group of very lucky scientists to be able to have that kind of facilities. Not everyone has that. So, Mike has worked very hard with that lab, Michael Ashworth, that is. And it's a very nice lab because we've designed the lab to be able to have a a flow and to make things very efficient when we're working there. The starting point is where probably we have a room where we can, it's pretty much like an arrival room where we can bring in, you know, very big samples. All the dirty work can get there. We have a cold storage room there where we can just keep a few samples in there. Following that, we have another room where we got the ovens so we can put our samples straight into the ovens if we need to dry them. After that room, we've got a threshing room where we can take all those dry samples and then taking it into our threshing room, we've got a thresher and a few vacuum separators and a few other different machines that help us to obtain the pure seeds from our samples. And from that, we can go into another room where we have the analysis room. In that room, we've got very nice equipment where we can actually do the analysis of the seeds. One of them is probably... The, the seed counter, which is a really very expensive machine, but it's a really good one, can do things like count 40,000 seeds in a very few seconds, you know, 15 seconds or something like that. And, you know, things like this allow us to be very efficient at our work and then do the best quality of work possible that we have. So, yes, there's already people working in our lab. You know, the lab opened on the 26th of June officially. There's still a few more things that we need to add to the lab to be working at its full capacity, but people are already working there. We've got people like Roberto Buzzi doing the herbicide technology. He's already working there, doing quite a lot of work there with master's students as well. I've got Michelle Owen using the lab. Yes, so we're expecting the lab to get busier this summer as well. 
Excellent. No, that's great to hear. And it's good to get a bit more of a overview of what actually takes place in the lab because we hear about these facilities being open, but often there's not a good understanding of what actually takes place. So, it's mm-hmm. good to get an overview. And you're focused on agronomic research. Can you give us an idea of how the agronomy team will be utilizing the lab? Yeah, sure. So, for us, it's, we do a few different things. For example, our group is working on three major projects right now. So one, we're looking at the effect of harvest weed seed control on the evolution of weeds. So we're looking at the phenological changes on wild radish and rye grass and brown grass, wild oats, barley grass. The second project is where we're looking at crop competition for weed management. So we're looking at how different factors can affect weed management and which is the best combination possibly of factors, factors such as seeding rate, uh, row spacing, nitrogen application, type of nitrogen application, early, late, seed size, which we're finding is very important when you're trying to outcompete weeds. And then there is one more project where we have Yassin Khalil, who is a new postdoc, who is going to start working on this project soon, very soon. And he's going to look at the use of pastures for weed management as well. So for us, the lab that we have is very important because we can process our samples very efficiently to do the things that we want. And at the same time, we can do some studies. For Another example is that we've also got these control environment cabinets there, which are called Convirons. And these are very good machines that allow us to set up ideal conditions for the germination of seeds. So we can set the maximum temperature, minimum temperature of the machine. Uh, We can set the relative humidity. We can set the um, amount of light time that you want, dark to represent in the night time, etc. So these kind of machines... Uh, we can do studies such as a seed dormancy study, okay? And this is important for the type of work that we're doing. So, yes, and there's many more things that we can do with the lab. Yeah, that's a great example. And, yeah, ultimately makes your research more efficient and the results more robust, I suppose. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate. That's correct. The ultimate outcome there. Rob, you've already spoken about your work with Mike Ashworth and you've mentioned the three projects that you guys are working on in the agronomy field. Is there any preliminary results that you're able to share with us? Because obviously there's a long time between drinks when research papers are published, so it's good to get an update if we can. Yeah, sure. I can tell you something. So we've recently been in Candidin. There was the Oscanola field day, and we had a presentation there with Michael Ashmore. In the field day, we had a presentation about the crop competition studies that we're doing. So this crop competition study is very exciting because it's a very big project. We're working with the University of Adelaide in South Australia with Gurchit Hill, and Michael Ashmore and myself are working here in Western Australia. So what we're trying to do is we're looking at the effects of different factors on with management as I mentioned before, and we presented one of the trials that we're doing. And in this trial, we're looking at the different factors. One factor is the canola variety. The other factor is the seed size. And the other factor is the seeding rate. So for the canola variety, we had two varieties. We had the open pollinated Bonito and the hybrid Hyola 559. Now, within those two varieties, we have two seed sizes. So we consider small seeds and large seeds. The small seeds were seeds of less than 1.8 millimeters in diameter and large seeds were seeds of larger than 2 millimeters in diameter. 
Now, within those two seat sizes, we had three different seating rates, low, medium, and high. So the low one was about 20 seats per square meter, medium 35 seats per square meter, and the highest was 50 seats per square meter. So here we're just trying to look at the interactions and how can they can outcompete the weights with establishment. And in the field, we do have some data we collected, but it needs to be processed a little bit more. But from our own field observations and the observations that we could do with other people in the field as well, it was evident that when we used low seeding rates, we had a higher density of weeds in those plots. Yeah. And when we increased the seeding rates, the highest seeding rate, we had lower establishment of weeds. Okay, so these are pretty basic ecological concepts there that we're working with, right? But something uh, new that, that we're adding here is the seed size. So we also find that there was a, a correlation between the small seeds and then having a higher density of weeds. And then when we used larger seeds, then we had a lower density of weeds. And then between the two varieties, Bonito and Hayola, we found some differences as well, where the Hayola, the hybrid, was a little bit better at keeping weeds down. And this is because they look bigger and they were a little bit more vigorous, I think, as well, when they were germinating. So yes, yeah, so they they are able to take up the nutrients, I guess, faster and then absorb more light as well. So therefore, they are able to outcompete the weeds faster. However, I should mention that these are early stages of the research. So this is only the first year of the research, and this is going to keep going for another two years. So very early results. However, we're going to be doing more studies and hopefully in about two years' time, we're going to be able to give you something very solid and very strong to support what we're saying. Excellent. Yeah. So, Roberto, can you tell us why you looked at these two varieties in particular, Bonito and Hyola? Well, we looked at these two varieties because these are two important varieties that are being used in Western Australia. And uh, there is one point that is very important to say, which is the cost, because the open pollinated is, of course, cheaper than the hybrid. I guess one important thing that we want to find out is whether the open pollinated is going to be just as good to outcompete the weeds as the hybrid. You know, because with the open pollinated, uh, farmers are able to possibly retain some of the seeds from the crop and yeah. then reduce them, whereas the, with the hybrid, they'll have to buy more seeds and when we are looking at the different seeding rates, generally, for the hybrids, a farmer would probably tend to use a smaller seeding rate. So there is an important point there to look at how different seeding rates can affect weed management. All right, makes sense. Oh, well, thank you very much for the update. It's always interesting to hear what's going on out in the field. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we've got a big agronomy program here at RE now. So, yeah, lots of results in the near future will be coming out. So it's exciting times. Yeah, it's very exciting. And thank you very much for having me here.